Eons past, a monstrous hybrid of land and marine reptiles was sealed into a state of suspended animation, slumbering through the fall of dinosaurs and the rise of man. But awakened by an undersea nuclear test, the creature returned to life, now breathing the fires of radiation. Stan Lee presents Godzilla, King of the Monsters! The Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics, exploring Marvel's licensed sci-fi and fantasy during the Star Wars period. This episode, Rome on the Range, Godzilla King of the Monsters, issue number 15, October 1978, cover date. Hello and welcome back to the Comic Book Time Machine presents Marvel's Cosmic Comics. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and sometimes I forget to introduce myself, but not this time I am remembering. I'm a comic book fan, comic book writer, comic book reader, comic book collector-ish, comic book enthusiast, comic book hoarder. Yeah, hoarder describes me, I think, better than collector. Um, And I'm here to discuss a comic book that Marvel licensed, and this is part of the October 1978 subset, and that comic book that Marvel licensed is, of course, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. So let's get into this. I mean, <laughs> Rome, Rome on the Range, this sounds like, uh, well, it is. It's a bad pun. I mean, it doesn't just sound like one. It is one. And, uh, you know, you look at the cover and you see Godzilla stepping through some hills, spooking some cattle. There's the word stampede written right on there. There's three terrified cowboys. And so the question becomes, what the heck is this? What, what's going on here? And uh, I'm looking at the cover and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm either going to really love this or I'm going to really not. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I like weird stuff. I like it when two different genres of weird stuff get mashed together. So looking at the cover, Western with a monster, you know what? I'm in. They've got me in from the beginning. Um, but things like this can also be done poorly. <laughs> so so let's take a look at things here, okay? Um the story is Doug Bench. The penciler is Herb Trimpey. The anchor is Daniel Green. The letter, Shelley Letterman. Lefferman. Sorry. And the colorist, Don Warfield. A 17-page story, 35 cents off the spinner rack, and it's edited by Bob Hall. And on sale date for this one, July 4th, 1978. Yeah, you know, it goes on sale July 4th, and then October that cover date is when they're supposed to take it off the shelves. I understand this. I don't care. It's October. This is my birthday month. When I see an October on a comic, it's all about it. It's all about me. You know, that's just the way it is. It's my month out of the 12. And so I'm actually kind of looking at this and it is not October 
yet, but it's close. And, you know, these, these, these issues so far, I mean, I got a good laugh out of the human fly and the title there, the, the big balloons, uh, Star Wars delighted me with the return of Jackson and the fact that the characters weren't even in it except for a page. So the question is, will this delight me too? Will this be a birthday treat? And specifically not coming on my birthday, but you know, whatever. Uh, what the heck is this? So let's ask this question and, and let me try and describe this to you. What if, what if Jaws had kaiju instead of a shark? What if Jaws were set in the American West instead of on the East Coast? What if Jaws featured corrupt ranchers instead of corrupt politicians? I guess in Jaws they weren't necessarily corrupt, but um, misguided. So corrupt ranchers instead of misguided politicians. What if Jaws featured a whole bunch of cowboys going out on a hunt instead of a whole bunch of fishermen going out on a hunt? The answer might be something similar to this comic. Now, it's not a perfect one-to-one -one correlation, but I couldn't help but be reminded of Jaws, where there's a mystery, something's doing something terrible, turns out it's a creature and then they send people out to get it and it, it, it's not i i acknowledge not perfect but it's there it's close that's why i say the answer might be something similar to this comic now this comic basically has three stories going on in its pages and uh one of them story number one has nothing to do with my jaws analogy okay nothing at all it's our marvel characters it's dum dum dugan and gabe jones and rob and tamara and agent Wu, and they're all still recovering from last issue there's still a big huge mess in salt lake city and dum dum dugan he's ordering the national guard to clean it all up now rob is just fixated about red ronin will you fix it mr dugan will you, will you? <laughs> i mean he's just he's just constantly like, like his only dialogue is about Red Ronin. And the National Guard is told to leave it alone. Dum Dum does have plans to get it fixed. And uh, they're going to put it on the behemoth and they're going to transport it back to Stark or whatever. But Rob is just fixated on that repair job as they leave. So it's it's one page. Okay. It's one page of our usual crew, just like Star Wars. One page. One page of our regular crew. And in that one page, Rob is still. He's more super annoying than ever. He was redeeming himself in my eyes, but in just this one page, just a couple panels, just a couple word balloons, he's super annoying. One page of our regular crew, and yet here they are, and it doesn't feel right. It feels added on. It feels like it's just a reminder that they exist. That <laughs> doesn't serve any per other purpose. It just is reminding us that they are still alive they're still there but it just doesn't doesn't matter it doesn't matter it has no other purpose than that and it serves its purpose sure but it doesn't need to be there but yeah it's just one page just like star wars one page where the actual cast of this story of this comic book series makes an appearance other than godzilla obviously which is story number two story number two is godzilla's story and this is what happens in 
Godzilla's story. Godzilla roams into what appears to be the American West. He's been walking since Salt Lake City, and he finds some bones, and he looks at them, and then he's tired, and so he's he just lays down. He did just take a walk from Salt Lake City into wherever they are now, and he takes a nap. The cool night air wakes him up, and he wakes up and starts to go, go along on his merry old way, and he wanders into a herd of cattle, which, of course, reminds me of the joke. A herd of cattle. A what? A herd of cattle. Of course I heard of cattle. Get it? Never mind. <laughs> and the cattle get spooked and start a stampede. And these things are, like, bumping into his feet, and he gets tired of them. He's kind of going after them. And this, the stampede is going ahead of him. And then more little things attack him. And there's a small expo- explosion on his tail. And so he turns and gives chase to the little guys who cause that minor irritation and breathes fire at them and walks into a, a building and destroys it. So that's Godzilla's story. And, you know, par for the course for Godzilla, right? He comes in, he causes a problem, and then he makes it worse by just being who he is, just being big. Uh, But all that said, sounds like there's not much going on there. And there's not as far as what, you know, Godzilla's narrative goes, but he gets three splash pages and they're all really good. Uh, The first one is on page one. He's coming up over a hill and there's a whole bunch of bones spread out on the ground. And then on page three, he's crouched over the bones, examining them almost like a detective, you know, sitting in the, standing in the street, crouched down, picking up, you know, bullet shells or something like that. And, uh, or bullet casings or whatever. Clearly I'm, I'm not a, a weapons master of any sort, but, um, he's holding a handful of these bones. He's letting them slip out of his hand to the earth. And, uh, like I said, he's crouched down now in front of him. There's some uh, cowboys and they're very, very, very tiny on their little horses. Uh, page 11, if you're going by story pages, cause that's what I have to do with my essential edition. I mean, well, you know, I, I'm saying it's my essential edition, but I don't want anyone to realize that I actually have a time machine, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, page 11, it's night. The stampede is at his feet, and they're, you know, running away from him, again, toward cowboys and stuff. Uh, each one of these splash pages, I mean, three of the pages from this book, of three of the 17 story pages, are splash pages of Godzilla, just giving the scale of the creature. I mean, it really sells the scale of Godzilla compared to the bones of the, the cattle, the cowboys on their horses, the herd of cattle stampeding in front of him. And it's, it's really, really quite well done. And, you know, Godzilla still, sometimes I look at him and it just feels natural because I spent so much time with this, this design. And sometimes I look at him and I feel like, I don't even know what I'm, I mean, he just doesn't look like Godzilla, but, um, Anyway, he, uh, <laughs> speaking of not looking like Godzilla, uh, sleeping Godzilla is actually kind of cute when he falls asleep leaning on the rocks here in, in this issue. And then the other thing just of, of note is that those those huge splash pages are really drawn to sell the size and the scale of him. Some of the smaller panels don't work as well and, and make him look and feel a little bit smaller compared to the other things around him. So that's a minor nitpick. I mean, of an otherwise... Well, I mean, extremely well-drawn comic book. Story number three uh, is a story of two cowboys, Lefty and Hal. And and they're out investigating what must be cow rustlers. Except they come across the bones 
of the cattle. And then there's also a giant Gila monster. It's huge, huge Gila monster. And they hurry back to their ranch, which is owned by John Hawks. Hal wants to go to the authorities, but Lefty suggests an idea so idiotic that I, I, I just wonder if, um, well, something later on in the story is going to show us that as idiotic as this, this idea is, there's a good reason for giving the idea. Let's put it that way. So anyway, his idea is to bring down the giant Gila monster themselves. And John Hawks agrees. He thinks the idea is a great idea. And so that night, under the stars, around the campfire, a group of cowboys are gathered together, getting ready for bedtime. You know, it's, it's that time where they're going to sit down with the guitars and sing about the blue shadows on the range. That's the only thing I can think of is uh, the, the little lullaby that they sing on, on Three Amigos. But anyway, as they're getting ready to, you know, hunker down and, and hit the hay, hit the sack, whatever, um, they're also getting ready to do the stupidest thing they've ever done in their life the next morning. And yeah, so the idea is stupid until you realize that night Lefty is actually working for Bill Ford, who is another rancher. And this rancher has been stealing John Hawks's cattle and leaving behind cow carcasses, cow carcasses, and using the the cover story of cattle mutilations, um, mysterious cattle mutilations. That's going to be their cover story. But Godzilla came along and gave them even better, a better cover story. Now, for me reading this, I'm thinking, why is there bones? You know, Godzilla, he would eat them. He'd eat them whole. I mean, if there's going to be bones, it's going to be in his scat. Um, if reptiles or Godzilla's have scat, but the bones are going to be in the poop, not going to be something he hacks up like an owl. Uh, anyway, they think this is going to be a good story. People can think that Godzilla killed the cattle. And now we find out why Lefty gave the idea in the first place. Lefty had the idea for them to go after Godzilla because... It's going to get all the ranchers out on the other side and away from the high ground over at Box Canyon where they are hiding the rest of the cattle that they themselves have rustled. So that's the plan. Lefty's working with this Ford guy. Godzilla is a convenient scapegoat for their thieving that they're doing. Now, campfire time, meanwhile, is interrupted by a cattle stampede, the one from the cover. And when the stampede comes towards them, they look up and this is where we get that splash page. They see the giant Gila monster. I'm using finger quotes whenever I say Gila monster. Uh, you can't see them. But just imagine that this guy that you may or may not know what he looks like. But whatever you think I look like, I'm doing the, uh, the uh, air quotes with my fingers there. Um, the, it's right behind the stampede. And they have to do two things. First thing, those cows are headed toward a cliff. And when they go over the cliff, they're going to end up in a river and they're going to drown. So they have to stop their, where the direction they're going in. But then they also have to stop the thing that's pushing them that way. Because if they stop, if they go, get in front of the, the, the herd, it's not going to matter as long as the thing is still pushing them that way. So they have two things and a couple of the cowboys go off to cut them off. And, and a couple other ones go to try and get Godzilla from going in that direction and pushing the herd ahead of him. And if either one of them fail, 
the herd is going over, the two guys who are going to go and try and turn the course of the herd, they're also going to go over. Uh, really, the guys running towards Godzilla are the safest ones right now. If they succeed, great. If they don't succeed, they have the possibility of, of surviving. And one of those two guys is Hal. And Hal is just every bit the Western hero, man. He figures out a plan uh, in the face. <laughs> I mean, he's realized by now, I hope, that that Godzilla is not going to be brought down with lassos and stuff like that. No, it's just not going to happen because this thing is huge. But he's going to use his lasso and he's going to throw it and it's going to uh, go onto the tip of the tail. That works. He climbs up tie some dynamite to the tip of the tail and it explodes and it would be like a mosquito to us but the monster it, it's like a mosquito to him and he turns around and just like we would you know slap a swat at a mosquito and might even go after it because we don't want it to bother us again the monster now is chasing down hal and the other cowboy and they ride away toward hawks's ranch house to try and warn him uh that godzilla is on its way they get there and just when they're warning Hawks, the Godzilla steps on the, the ranch house. So here's some thoughts. Um, first of all, John Hawks. Uh, there are two filmmakers. Uh, there's John Ford and Howard Hawks, and they're both famous Western directors. And you also have them Bill Ford. And so I'm not sure if John Hawks is just supposed to be referencing Howard Hawks and Bill Ford is referencing John Ford, or um, if there's actually maybe a, a third director to throw into the mix here but it's definitely referencing these old um classic classic uh film uh western film directors uh the other thing the <laughs> one other thing i should say of note is that um when they're making fun of hal for what he's seen they're talking about the wacky weed and they're one of them says maybe you, you found one of them star trek time warpers and saw a real dinosaur uh, which dinah Shore is actually a, a musician and television actress from long ago, but but I I thought it was funny that, that that's the way he says it. Dinah Shore. Uh, let's see what else here uh, for this issue. Um, I simply didn't care about our regular cast. Um, I I the story. This is a story about Godzilla and cowboys, and on the face of it, it shouldn't work. It's too goofy, maybe. And it's not it doesn't go into the heaviest realm of what the cheesiness could be, but it goes just far enough for me. I'm enjoying myself, but I don't care about this interruption with uh, Dum Dum Dugan and Gabe Jones. I understand they have to be there because if they weren't, that'd be, you know, you you'd go from you'll go for two months without seeing them. Possibly, possibly three months if, if both of these issues are just Western stuff and and uh, shield doesn't figure in to the next issue. But just didn't care. Just didn't care. Uh, lefty's idea, uh, this is the other big thing for me to catch big G that's stupid. Okay. That's just a stupid idea. And I understand that he has, is giving the idea to, um, you know, he doesn't plan to actually catch Godzilla. That's, that's not at all what his plan is. He's trying to sell people on this idea because it helps his other purposes. He's working at cross purposes, which is good storytelling, working at cross purposes with each other, having, you know, characters who know more than other characters or know something different, but it's stupid. It's a stupid idea, and they accept it so easily. They should have never accepted it, especially if Godzilla is anywhere close to as big as they think he might be. Just dumb, dumb idea. I think maybe a better idea would just be to try and say, you guys should be out with the herd. You know, you should be out with the herd or something. I don't know. We'll find out next issue if there's 
anything more with that. And maybe there's a reason why he needed them to be so far away uh, with the herd instead of out with, the, you know, in the normal places that they might be. I don't know. But I can't believe that they did that. And the other thing I, just to mention is I really, really enjoyed this mismatch of genres. Uh, I felt it would... I felt it worked pretty well, but it, it probably would have worked better if it was a smaller monster, not Godzilla. Uh, but it is what it is. It's Godzilla, and it's a Western, a comic book Western, and I enjoyed that. So it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And it concludes next issue. So we're just continuing this month of weird. Star Wars got a bit weird. Human Fly had the goofy title that I laughed at and was weird because it's so mundane. Instead of, I mean, it wasn't weird because it's weird. It was just weird because it was just kind of a, didn't even try to do anything um, big or special or different or oddball. And Godzilla was weird because of the genre uh, matchup. And the next thing I'm going to talk about in the next segment, it's Marvel team up featuring Spider-Man and it fits in to the month of weird. Now, when I get to John Carter, I'm not sure, but looking at the cover, I mean, I'm just going to get into it next segment, but it is definitely worthy of being part of this weird cover date, October 1978 month. So, so glad I stepped into my time machine to, to do this. So uh, until next time, I just want to say thank you so much for listening and thank you for spending your time with me as we talk about some goofy stuff that I really enjoy and uh, listen to the uh, little trailer for another podcast that I'm going to play after the credits. Again, these are podcasts I listen to. And Earth Destruction Directive is a very, very fun podcast about kaiju um, movies, comics, television, all sorts of things. So until next time, Godspeed, Godzilla. Thanks for listening to the Comic Book Time Machine's Marvel's Cosmic Comics feed. You can find more discussion of many, many more comics like Superman and Spider-Man, What Ifs and Elseworlds, The Six Million Dollar Man and Batman, comics seven days old and seven decades old, on our main feed, which you can find on iTunes or at comicbooktimemachine.com. We'd also love it if you join us on Facebook at facebook.com or on Twitter, where we are at Comic Time. Next episode, live from New York, it's Saturday night. Marvel Team-Up featuring Spider-Man, issue number 74. Jack and Eddie here. 
I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you like giant monsters, or as they're called in Japan, Daikaiju? Monsters like Godzilla, Rodan, Gamera, King Ghidorah, or Mothra? Do you like more obscure monsters, such as Gappa or Yangari? Do you like giant heroes like Ultraman, or super robots like the Shogun Warriors? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you. Please check out Earth Destruction Directive at twotruefreaks.com. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your Daikaiju dreams into city-smashing reality. (laughs) 